Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside and around your business. <laughs> Funnily enough, Charlie, I was thinking about this. There's a business model referred to as franchising. Do you I think, think I've heard of it? You might, you might, may have heard of it. Do you think there's any chance for us to franchise out this newsletter? Do you know what? The feedback I've had on the newsletter has been so overwhelmingly positive. Seems like a good idea. Fantastic. So if you want a franchise of our newsletter, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email, and then just reply to one of the emails and say, Charlie, I want a franchise. Is that the easiest way? I think that's it. If you'd like to get a copy of my franchising course, just hit reply to the email. We'll set you up. It's just 197. (laughs) Happy days. All right, let's give this a It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Grant, we're doing another Q&A episode today. And if people didn't pick up by the intro itself, it's on franchising. I feel like I'm going to have to just like blend the topics in with the intros now. There's an art to that. I'm going to encourage it. All right, all right, all right, I will. All right, I, I would actually genuinely love to know if the intros are making any difference to people actually joining our email list. Probably and, not. <laughs> well, at this point, they're just for our own fun and enjoyment. They, it sets the mood, right? We have a good laugh and look how we're entering this episode. I like I feel, it. I feel like if if I put as much effort into the actual content of the episode as I do with the intros, the, the episodes might do good. <laughs> I nearly spat my coffee out then because I was like, if you put the effort into making money that you do these intros, then we'd be killing it. We wouldn't even have a podcast. <laughs> There's a reason we're still wearing T-shirts, Charlie. <laughs> All right, so we we got an interesting question and why I'm going to call it an interesting question is it was just like, what are your thoughts on franchising? It was so open. Yeah, there was no no context, So, uh, which is cool. We'll work with it. We got you. So what we're actually going to do in this episode is we're going to talk about franchising from two ways. So the idea of like, is buying a franchise a good idea? Like, so as someone who may look at that as a business path, but then the other one, which I think is really interesting is like, should you be setting up your business as a franchise? Like, is that a legitimate way of thinking about expansion? I love these points. When you say, when you hear the word franchise, what are the top three brands that automatically come to mind? That's straight out McDonald's. Hands down. <laughs> What's your number two and three? Yeah, for me, this is probably unique to experience. And I think this will get interesting in the episode. It's actually gyms. And uh, why I think of them, believe it or not, I used to do some work with them. Mm-hmm. So I've, uh, I've seen deep in this side of franchising as well. I've seen your six-pack. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Mine, <laughs> you yeah, like top three is like KFC, Subway, and the next ones, and there's like F45, only because of personal experience. Interesting. Have you ever considered buying a franchise? Did that ever come up on your journey? Yeah, yeah, we did. So Hayes and I looked at an F45, and it was like, this was the level that it went. It was like, I like F45. It's like, I agree. I'm like, the guys running the F45 around the corner from us are looking to sell. Want to look at it? Yes, I do. <laughs> and then we looked at it. We're like, mm, maybe not. Well, interesting. Bianca and I looked at a Curves gym 
which we've actually oh, spoken at on this podcast, if you remember way back we spoke about that. I remember. That. So she I was remember. a member there and we got word it was selling and we did the due diligence on it. And after doing the due diligence, definitely not buying that. I concur. <laughs> was that your experience as well? After we saw how much the uh, previous owner had trashed the business because he actually opened two. And so he, pro- he funneled all efforts into the one that wasn't working and he trashed the one that was. Yeah, it was quite interesting to see that we ideally did not want it. Do you think going the franchising route for someone who's looking to, this is someone to buy into a franchise, mm-hmm. do you think it's a viable option? I think it's a viable option. Do I think it's a recommended option for a brand new person? No. Like I, I just don't. It, the, the setup costs, like imagine it was like a blank slate and you had to get the franchise do the thing and it's a, the cost is so great. I think that the risk versus reward is just challenging. I think it's like you're buying yourself a job, which I'm for. It's just it's a large cost unless you really know what you're going in. Like where's your unique advantage into it? I'm so, going to disagree with that thoroughly straight out of the gate. You can I, totally I'm going to tell you it. why. Um, so to go into a few points, it used to be that if you wanted to open a McDonald's, and this is like 10 years ago, you basically needed a million dollars to do it. That That's was the barrier to entry. So to counter your, you know, what you're talking about there, entry costs are high. And Subway was like a quarter of a mil, which I'm sure is going to be high now. Yeah, so this is not a low barrier to entry. But do you know the thing I love about franchising that I think so many people who start their own business don't do well? What, did you have brand awareness? No, not even that. They build an asset. So if you buy a McDonald's, even though it costs you a million dollars and you run the McDonald's, if you want to exit, someone else is going to be there to buy that McDonald's. You have something you can legitimately sell that you've set up with that intention along the way. Where I think for a lot of people, like, what was the value on some of the things we did from an asset perspective? I trust me, my bank account shows it was negative. (laughs) Yeah, so you look at this very uniquely and I will say that this can work for and against you. Like McDonald's is the like poster child of it going well. Totally. There are endless ones of it not going well, but I do love the idea and mindset around like you're buying an asset and building an asset. And a lot of people who get into franchising, that's what they end up focusing on and even considering in the exit. With a lot of business owners though, like for for example, a lot of plumbers end up starting a business just because they don't want to work for anyone else. Totally. No, they're not thinking about setting up a business. They just don't want to work for anyone. It's very different. It's self-employedness. It's... It becomes this vague thing. So I really, really like that. Can I go deeper? Not until I stake my claim as like push back against it. But sure, go deeper. Go deeper. I actually know some people that have gone into franchise world and done very well. I'm I'm excited to dig deeper. So there's some of the concerns that I have, right? Franchises don't always work. Like look at like the, the gyms is an interesting one. If you jump on a trend and you go and get a franchise of a trend and then the trend stops and slows down, you're the one holding the bag with the lease against your name with all those kind of things. Like it's it's seemingly an asset to some extent. How is not that guaranteed. any different than exactly the same thing in your own business? That's just no. business risk. You can do franchise poorly. You can do business poorly. You can do business well. You can do franchise well. Yeah, but I can't come out with my own products and stuff under a franchise. Like I can't do so many other things. Yeah, so that's the consideration, right, is the control. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to unpack this. This is going to be great. Oh, I can already see both sides. So dive deeper. Let's, Let's dive, dive deeper. deeper. Let's do I'm going to say there's a personality type that comes with this as well. Yeah, employees. It's great. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> 
I'm lucky I didn't have any coffee in my mouth then. That was a real laugh. I'm glad that we could agree on something. All right, so I'm going to go out there on a limb here and hope that Bianca doesn't listen to this episode. You know she will. I'm going to send it to her. It's fine. Go. (sighs) All right, so me and Bianca are very different. Um, Not just in gender, by the way, but like (laughs) a lot of things. They're the same in a lot of ways. We're very different. And, And one of the things that is most notable is Bianca is excellent at following a system. Yeah. Right, so she's from corporate world. She's done accounting degrees. Like she smashes the absolute teeth off it, knocks the cover off it. Was she an A plus student? Absolutely, firstborn yeah, high achiever. Totally. Yep. Um, me, on the other hand, like my pathway, and just to go through there is like when you do a plumbing apprenticeship. Do you know how it works? Uh, you go yeah. home when the job's done. Work it out. <laughs> <laughs> so simple. Yeah, but this is almost like the difference where it's like if you – so there's no instruction manual. Yeah. You're like you, you're doing a lot of like problem solving, working your own out solutions and things like that. And I actually think that's been a really good thing for me as a business owner skill. I didn't know it at the time. Problem solving is a great thing. Yeah, so things come up and my go-to is not where's the manual. It's like problem solving. Bianca, something goes up and it's like she does better in that world. Yeah. Now, if you recognize in your personality type and the easy way to look at this is like – if you are really struggling to come up with a service or product to sell and you're completely overwhelmed with the idea of like having to do that, franchising might be a really good option for you. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. I would put it out there. If Bianca opened a McDonald's um, franchise, she would crush it. She is excellent at doing that, which is why I think in the world of bookkeeping and accounting where there's a system, dominates. Yeah, there's a right and wrong. There's minimal gray area. Correct. Look at someone like myself. I wouldn't do well in that. I would actually, I would argue I would do better at opening my own restaurant because I would have the freedom to set it up in a way from there, but I would be thrive in that environment. So I think personality type drives a massive, massive part of that as well. Just saying there's Charlie's charcoal chicken in Sydney. Every time I ate there, I thought of you and I'm like, this is what Charlie would do. It was fantastic. So yes, I have lived that life where you did own a restaurant. Maybe one day. There's this but, thing called the um, what did they they call it the entrepreneurial decathlon where it's like through your life you want to own different types of businesses uh-huh. and it's like you have to achieve success in each one of them. Can I make that not as a recommendation for anyone on the face of this planet? <laughs> like that just sounds like pain. You're a business owner purist, then. <laughs> totally. I just I feel as though people choose the pain that they go through, and like that is just going. I just love eating glass. Let's go and eat glass. <laughs> business decathlon. That's terrible. I'll throw one more thing on this. Is the idea that I think a lot of business owners look down on franchise owners to a degree. Like, you, di- you didn't, you know, carve the path. You just like took someone else's system. That is not what I represented at the start of this episode at all. <laughs> Maybe I must admit, at a point in my life, I had a, probably a, a similar perception. Mm-hmm. But then, after meeting some very, very clever people that are in franchise world, I'm completely reversed my opinion. They are savages. They are legit business owners that are excellent at working a system to their advantage and likely will do better than the majority of business owners out there. Yeah. And I I loosely know why. And like I I guarantee you they're not sitting in like a McDonald's or something like that. One of them is, I won't name the person, really? but one of them is sitting in a similar franchise to that and has done excellent to that. And I think at one point had eleven of them. There, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And so um, they were playing the franchise business game. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one is someone I know, and I'm cautious in mentioning it, but at the same time, uh, I mean, if this person reaches out, I'll still say, hey, this, I'm a big fan of what you did there. Action coach. Mm. So I've been very fortunate to have some encounters with Brad Sugars, who I'm a massive fanboy of. I will, I will accept. 
Great book. Love his books and he's also been on some podcasts with me over time as well, which I've enjoyed. Like he's a he's a superstar. But I actually know some people that had Action Coach franchises and were in that system as well and they did incredibly well, mm. incredibly well. So I've looked at that and gone, you know, it's really reversed something when you've seen it differently. So could a business owner be successful? And even if they're kind of carving their own path now and it's not really working for them, should should they consider a franchise? I think potentially. I really do. You know, I'll, I'll say potentially. Like, and I think, I think you have to know what you're getting into before you get into it, right? But also you need to understand the, the potential risks. We're going to talk about control it. now? Yes, because I know every franchise is different. So let, let's dive into it. So I'm sitting at a potential, like I, I, leaning towards no for most most people, most genuine business owners. Yeah, so you made a great point before about like if you bought a franchise that was in a trend and the trend died and there's no longer a demand for that product and you don't have the ability to create anything new because you're working within a franchise. So, for example, if you had an F45 and that fell out of trend, which I don't know if it's in trend or not trend, I don't follow mm. fitness to a degree. Zumba or something like that. Like something yeah. that's genuinely falling out. What can you do if there's just no demand for what you do anymore? Totally. So then it becomes, well, you can't just suddenly start, you know, having your own add-ons or suddenly offering different dance classes because that's against the franchise equipment. So I would look at it and go, if you were going to go into franchising, the control element becomes really interesting. If I was going to go into franchising, I would only consider things with long-term track records. Yeah. I wouldn't be necessarily for the idea of going after newer or trendier things in a strategy because I just the longevity may not be there. I find that such an interesting point that you and I bring up quite a lot around like not flash in the pan because I think so many people ride a wave and just intend that wave to ride forever <laughs> and it's just like it just doesn't like you'll be sit that you'll be the one sitting there holding the bag at the end of it all because you go wait how do I adapt this how do I change this when someone else higher up who actually owns the franchise is like how do I just get out <laughs> like how do I just get pennies on the dollar for this thing like I just get out because this is now going down completely yeah so I, I concur with that. All right. Any important points we want to cover for someone that's considering or potentially the idea of buying a franchise? Yeah, I think that one of the key points, and you've made you've made a couple of great points. I think that not every franchise is the same. Like you mentioned Action Coach, right? Now I know that there are franchises out there where the person, like a Brad Sugars in your example, is there to create business owners to scale and grow where they, they can have their own ideas which can come up and they can adapt and they can change. Like they actually have an influence over the greater franchise, right? Where if you go and grab a McDonald's, it's literally like you're becoming a, an employee that has a franchise. Like it's like this is the thing. I don't like the way you're viewing that. Go. So have you it. read the McDonald's uh, franchise agreement? <laughs> I've never read the McDonald's franchise So why agreement. are you calling the owner an employee? So – from what I have seen through videos. Oh, so my from processes. secondhand information? No, that's fair. That's a fair call out. Dude, I, I support your fair call out. So, I As I you. said, it's like I know someone within this world, right? It's so like they can I genuinely, don't think that's how it works. So they can genuinely sit there and say the product's not working. Like, let's go and try and change this. I think you've just jumped topics here uh, in out. So number one is if someone buys a franchise, are they employee? No. I don't think you can say that. Concur with that. But they are. They are aligning to a strict set of rules to do it. So are we. Do you know whose rules? The Australian government, the taxation department. Like there's <laughs> the rules government. for everyone. So I'm not sure where that's coming from. They're just rules people agree to. Fair, fair. Maybe okay. rules that I don't like. Yes. And then we go to the second layer of this of going, okay, well, um, can they change things if it comes up in, let's say, a McDonald's? Yeah. 
right, the change is limited, but the track record is good. Which so the question comes to this in going, what makes you think your changes are going to be better than theirs? No, fair. I'll tell you right now, if I bought a McDonald's franchise, right, I've literally bought into this, and they've been, how long has McDonald's been around now? Decades. No. Like eight Long time. Like 40 Put years. it out there. I'm more interested in taking on their ideas and innovations than mine. That's what I'm paying for. Yeah. So, again, coming back to like we use the Bianca example, I'm not sure Bianca is the best person to be coming up with a new burger. Not sure she's the best one to be coming up with a new product line, right? I think like she, a but, marketing strategy or something. Like, yeah. Yeah, but that's what you're buying into is that McDonald's pay great people to come up with these things and their track record would prove it. Can we um, – okay, I want to unpack this. Uh, let's use that McDonald's as an example or and you don't have to mention the business or anything like that. So for them, what unique advantage do they bring to said franchise – that makes that successful versus just putting in someone who knows how to follow a manual? I'll give you the idea. I, I really will give you the idea here that will make all the difference. Think of it like going to the gym, right, and two people following the same routine. Yes. All right. So if you and I went to the gym and an instructor gave us the same program, can you can, and like let's pretend you know bench press, deadlifts, whatever else people do at the gym. Yep. But can you see that if both of us followed that, that we would get different results based on how well we did the routine? Totally. That's the game. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not that there's unique things, but think about this as you still making hiring decisions if you've got a McDonald's as the example. Yeah. Like you're still picking. Yeah. Absolutely. You're making like a a whole bunch of like decisions in that way that influence the success of that business. It's the difference between going 10-pin bowling with the bumpers up and no bumpers up. Right, there's a little bit of movement in the lane. You can still not score well or potentially go under, but it's like there's enough in play there where you don't have to be coming up. There's not a greater risk in the same side. And the franchise is the bumper, whereas like the variables of creating a product, marketing the product, all those kind of things are removed. The variables that you have to do is like face-to-face interaction and people you pick, the size of the team, the quality of the team, the age, all that. Absolutely. And again, if I hadn't seen in this, I would be. I am pretty much would be repeating what you were saying. Hey, I'm fine with that. But the just to share briefly here, the guy I met that got to 11, like he got so good at doing this thing, right, that he literally decided to take on a heap of debt, go from having three or four, Have built it up to 11, and then sold them down as a wealth strategy. So he's going in there, right, and opening up new franchises. And let's pretend like he was buying some and then starting new ones. Yep. So he'd buy them off people who were running the existing franchise, double the business because he could run it better, and then Something. sell it at the new level. Yeah. So he'd found a way of going, I'm good at this franchise. Can I grow it? And then that's how he would clear out. The, he took on some debt to buy the original franchise. But um, power strategy, man, like power and just things you, you wouldn't necessarily hear about unless you didn't see it. Yeah, totally. And I'm sitting here, I believe that I'm representing 90-something percent of most business owners in the view of like a franchise. And that's why I think this is one of those things that is grossly underlooked. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, And I will say all franchises are different. What an action coach would do versus a McDonald's, greatly different, like hugely, hugely different. Completely. I I remember hearing uh, at one point Brad Sugars, and this is a secondhand story. I can't say this actually happened. (laughs) I feel like this is going to be a trend for us now. (laughs) I heard a rumor, speculation, that Brad Sugars was once concerned that his coaches weren't experienced enough in business to teach the things he was teaching. So he told them all to go buy businesses and skilled up. So he had many of the coaches, Action Coach, who bought franchise, were buying cafes 
and getting in the trenches because he wanted them to be the best. See, now that, that's an interesting play. So unique, but that's it's a very different franchise than would be there. And I can't speak to that story is true. I'm not claiming, but I I, I want to believe, right? I want to believe. That's yeah. that's one of my ones there. Your your awesome example about that guy with like eleven, call it McDonald's. I know it's not, but call it McDonald's is uh is fascinating uh, because he became a business owner of franchises as opposed yeah, to like he knew what he was in. Yeah. He played that system to his advantage. Where if you try and think of like and your wiring in this case is going, you're looking at, oh, I want to play this way, and it's like Rules don't work that way. No, I know. Hence why I'm like, I'm sitting there going, bumpers down, <laughs> bumpers down. I want to go hard. Let me I'm not sure you'd be the greatest franchise owner just soon. Did I? <laughs> Which was, everyone always tells me that I'd be like the worst employee. <laughs> like everything would just go too slow for you. But you know what? I, I work with you quite a bit here and um, I could see why. <laughs> I could see why that might be founded. Interesting. Would you, would you ever buy a franchise? I know you've looked at it, but would you ever, noting your conversation around Bianca and stuff, like would you personally ever go, maybe franchise is part of the strat? Yes. All right, expand on that. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. I really do. I think if, just imagine this right now, if we got to a place and we sold the media company and I'm sitting here with cash and I'm looking for a great opportunity, I look at it something like a McDonald's and think that could be an excellent type of thing to own. It really could as long as you're up for what comes with that. What I think is probably more proper is understanding the due diligence that goes into it. Some yeah. other ones that are really interesting is like Quest Hotels. Right? People don't realise that's kind of a franchise and has a real estate attachment to it as well. Like, there's a lot of interesting franchises out there that have really good track records. I did find hotels were fascinating. Uh, when I had some hotel clients that owned the hotels and then they just had like the management layers which is like the Hiltons and the, and the Quest and stuff that just sit on the front. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, well, that's that's fantastic. I think they can be great assets. Yeah. I really do. Dude, that's interesting. All right, fair enough. There's actually some interesting like storage ones as well. Yeah, like the, the uh, was it Knox Storage and Storage World National and all those guys? Yeah, I've, I've heard those stories too. So I think you've got to open your mind up to it. And hopefully I've opened yours to where you're not just a hard no on franchises anymore. You might no, my brain definitely My brain definitely just sits on the Maccas thing. And I'm like, if I wanted to put an upsell on that counter, can I put an upsell? Like my brain just goes straight to like, how can I, how can I maximize profits on this thing? I'm like, ah. But I can it. be done. It's just a different yeah. game. Totally. Do you reckon business owners should think about franchising their own business? Maybe. Did you see that pivot for you? I love that transition. That was beautiful. That was it. Can I throw out the thing that I think is the most important in the beginning? Of a business owner creating a franchise? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put it out there. For many business owners who consider franchising, it's actually they're just lazy. What? They, they don't want to scale their business themselves. Correct. So they look at it and go, I've reached this point here and maybe I'm not willing to take on the cost of opening more locations or hiring the team or getting the managers. And they look at franchising as a shortcut. They go, well, I'll just franchise and someone else can take on that risk. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at that as the opportunity and I think that is the worst place to be coming from from a franchise where it's like some businesses legitimately make sense as a franchise, other it's a business owner trying to make a shortcut. I think the ones trying to make a shortcut don't really understand franchising at the level it is because once you become a franchise owner, your business fundamentally changes. Your yeah. job is no longer selling your product or service. It is selling franchises. 
And when they don't make that shift, it's like they end up someone who's trying to like run their existing business, but then also trying to manage this side hustle franchising thing. And it just leads to a, from my experience and what I've seen, doesn't lead to a great place. So I am another guy that ran franchising for two massive Australian restaurant chains. Uh, and that was one of the biggest things that he said. He basically is like when the owners of one, I can say one of them was pizza joint um, and the other one was burger joint. And he's like- Are they fat. in huts at all? <laughs> they are not in huts. Okay. Shit, I should stop saying more before I like filter it down. <laughs> so anyway, what he said was uh, the fascinating part was like the people who created them were great technicians, like awesome at running the business. They're like well, we can crush, to use that burger one, it's like we can crush a burger in this joint we know, we know the suburb. We understand how to get people back and all these things. But then it's like, well, how do you go and create that when you've got like one place that produces all of the uh, like the the goods and the produce and stuff, so that you can go and supply like a hundred stores? What happens when you have a variable of you you thought you put a restaurant in a great spot, but you haven't? And he's like, so he actually ended up having to educate them across years of going, well, no, now you need to understand like what's a good suburb for growth going in. It's not you. It's not your backyard anymore. Like you now need to be this economist where you're trying to evaluate where things are going to go. And he reckons that was one of the biggest challenges that they faced was changing the type of business owner they were from being a great technician and a great small business owner into going, well, how do you go multinational? How do you think about going international? It's a completely different game. And that's a great example with food, right? It's like if you're just sourcing, you know, from your local coals, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you go and in multiple countries, what happens then? Maybe your product's not as similar as it is. Yeah. Like, I know um, when Starbucks expanded into the Philippines, like they had problems with quality of produce because they couldn't produce the food the same way. It was different flour, different all these things. And then, so they actually got some other company to do it for them. Like it was fat. Dude, it was just so fascinating. I would go even further here. Let's take this away from food. But a lot of people, I would say there's been people in the coaching space that have attempted to do this not recognising how influential they are. Mm. So, for example, and we'll use Brad Sugars here because I think he's would have to be the poster child for doing this in coaching. And we'd like have to be. Yeah, so what Brad did really, really well was he was able to build a system and sell that system and then generate demand across the organisation to fill his franchisees up. Yep. So Brad was, you know, very well known, had books, had things going out where he could push demand. For many cases, if someone has a coaching business where it's built around their personal brand or even a restaurant owner where maybe like people go to a restaurant because they like the restaurant owner, that isn't a franchise. How does that work in another spot? Yeah, totally. So when you open up that second location and that charismatic person isn't there, what happens? Mm. Somebody did this really well was like uh, Vern Harnish around like he had his like basically like his implementers <laughs> around the world who like owned like the the region and they just went and implemented it for him but like it was like such a specific methodology to use your coaching example it was like this is how you do the thing he goes and drums up demand travels around the world does all the things and then everybody just feeds into it going i want that and it's like cool go and talk to the person in your region and this i is would go as far to say is if you're considering setting up a franchise you have to be certain you can generate the demand or the people that buy into the franchise. That's the difference in a lot of these things being successful or not. It really is. It's almost like you would have to build the demand and realize there's a demand in those, to use a location as an example, in those countries that you want to expand to. So if you're an Australian wanted to expand to the United States, it's like, how have you proven that the demand sits in the United States in order for you to justify it versus just going, hey, I want to expand to the United States, Charlie. Let's go and franchise it. 
Well, you're even thinking bigger than I uh, am in my context. So let's use an example here. First off, I don't think people realize there's a whole bunch of requirements like legally that have to go into setting up a franchise. It's not something you can just do lightly. Like there's a whole process you have to go in to be able to do it. And the contracts, yeah. Everything. Yeah, it's expensive. It's not cheap. This is not something you throw up in a weekend. This is a big process. And like you have to demonstrate you basically have an instruction book on how to run this business successfully and it's practically bulletproof. Yep. If you can't do that, then they won't allow you to be a franchisor. Because it's a huge thing. That's an inter- it's an interesting industry in itself with the people that do that type of work to make something into a franchise. All right, so that's one thing that I think is uh, you really got to consider. The other one we spoke about is like the differences between local and like I'm just going to use interstate as the example. It's fine. Like, can the food be the same? How we do supplying? Is it the charismatic owner? There's all these things that go into it from there that I think really make this or thinking there even more interesting. When you weigh up those costs, even in the what it takes to make a business franchise worthy, I look at that and go, were you better off expanding yourself? Mm. Which is where I come down to that lazy thing where it's like franchising is a silver bullet that doesn't, isn't actually a silver bullet. Totally. Like to use your example around um, Brad Sugars, getting everyone else to go buy cafes and stuff to learn how to be a business owner. Like if you just went and grew the business yourself, you would have the choice to go like, obviously you're an employee that can't work in this space. Like you either toughen up and improve or I'm just going to replace you. Where in a franchising model, it's not like you can just be like, sorry, Charlie, I'm like, like tomorrow I'll snap my fingers and say you don't have a franchise. Can I throw something else into this as well? Of course you can. Well, it's our podcast. We get to do <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not going to stop you. I think in a lot of cases, people think about franchising when they should be thinking about like licensing or oh, affiliates. That is such a good point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or like fulfillment. Completely. Like, yeah. So the distinction I want to draw here is if you're a franchise, again, let's just use McDonald's. They've come up enough, but why not? You're buying a done solution where it's like complete end to end. Where if you're buying a license something, uh, you may just stock that product in your store. Right, so that's where it's like you get the rights to sell a product, but you might sell other things as well. I think in a lot of cases, business owners would be better off looking at a licensing model if they've got something that isn't McDonald's worthy rather than trying to go that franchise route. Yep. There's a lot more flexibility with it. There's a lot more opportunity with it and there's different ways to do things, which I think are quite unique. I think it also like the risk on that allows business owners to kind of wheel it back if it doesn't work. Like the setup costs, the management costs, the way to operate a franchise is very difficult to unpick. Like you go on, out and bind everybody else out. Where if you've gone and given licenses to somebody, like usually licensing agreements are not like a lifetime bearing thing. Like it's, it is easier to unpick. But even to that point, you're allowing another business owner to be a business owner and utilize your product. I would actually argue that it's really good for to force a business owner to make sure their product's actually good. <laughs> Otherwise, people won't renew their license agreement. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. Do you, business can be really difficult and hard. Yeah. Right? And I am a huge believer that the business owner themselves is a large determinator in that success. Can you imagine trying to create this rule book that you're going to give to that anyone can practically buy that they're going to be successful with if they follow? Just how difficult that is. Because it has to factor in every single variable, but it also has to make sure that because your product would have to be so mature and have gone through so many challenges, problems, iterations, improvements, because it's, it's not like you can just come out and just change it. It's like, all right, cool, this is what we're doing. And then next month, oh, this is what we're doing. Next month, this is what we're doing. Like, it's like, no, no, no. Like, it's pretty 
you're, you're handing over a steady state ship. This is what it is. It says what it does on the tin. Like, I'd be going through the mindset of like, if a dropkick 16-year-old can't make this work, it's not good enough. It's like the level of thinking you need to put into it to be it sure, was, right? It was like software. When we used to design software, it was like we had a, an old advisor who was like 60. It was like, if he can't use it, it's too complex. <laughs> it's the, the poster boy. All right, so bringing this one back around before we uh, do it from there. Yeah, I, I just want to acknowledge that if you are considering going into franchising, it's a completely different business. Yep. Selling franchises and making money from franchises is very, very different than the idea of just allowing someone to copy what you're doing and trying to get a cut in on it. I think you really have to recognize that in a huge way if you were going to be successful in that model. And do it. I think. I think a better approach is for a business owner to really sort of, if you're sitting there going, I think I want to franchise my business, I think a great approach is to go to a whiteboard or go to a piece of paper, I couldn't care less, um, and then just really write down, like, what are you actually trying to achieve here? Is it that you sit there and go, oh, my gosh, these franchise owners is, have is what I want? Or is it that, hey, I just I want to expand interstate, I want to expand nationally? Like, what am I actually trying to achieve and why? Is it that you want more profit, et cetera? That is such a good point. And just, like, bullet point it. Because then it's almost like if you run through what you want to achieve and then on the, like, the right-hand side, it's like you got like licensing, royalties, um, franchising, et cetera. It's like your answers are almost going to filter out which one not to do. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Amazing. Maybe licensing is the best approach or maybe franchising is. Maybe you like that type of thing and you go, cool, that's the type of person I am. Um, but I actually think don't start with the business model. Start with what you're trying to achieve. And then, like, work to the business find, model. Find a better solution for Just it. Find a, fuck, man, make something in the middle. I couldn't care less. All right, final question before we round this one out. Would you ever start a franchise? <sighs> no. I, I think I'd lean towards, like, a licensing or a royalty or something like that only because I know how quick I iterate things and how quick I change things and stuff, and I, I need that flexibility. Dude, ch- the world changes too fast for me to really sort of lock something in stone. Like, I... I and I just don't think I've got the skill set to do it. What about you? Yeah, I'm in the same camp. I'm not designed for that. It's not where I think I can be the most effective. Yeah. I need to pivot on a dime. I need to be like that little dinghy, not a Titanic. Just straight. Do you know what I don't like the most? Imagine you run a new business and it is a franchise. And you're looking at it and then there's an innovation. It's like the risk changes when it's someone else's livelihood over the line over here that's in a franchise. So, like, I, I don't like that dimension to it. And I know there's risk in businesses anyway, but in a business I'm in and involved with that isn't a franchise, just a normal business, I've got the ability to influence that very differently totally. where, where I'm making changes to a business that would affect how a franchise runs. Just like, could you imagine you're sitting in the McDonald's office and coming up with a new burger? Just the impacts of that across the franchise if it bombs? The cost, the yeah, everything. That's what but comes it- with that sport. But even to that point, like imagine being at, to use the McDonald's example, imagine being in those meetings when like Subway was coming out and it had that massive health push and you're sitting there and you've got all your franchisors going, guys, like are we stuffed? Like, oh my gosh, where are we at? And you need to like solve that and then implement it through tens of thousands of stores. The pressure and the stress to try and figure that one out. I'm like, I just much prefer just to go, okay, cool. This is where it is. Let's tweak it. Let's adapt it. And Having have flexibility value. has a yeah. huge amount of value here. It really it does. does. But yeah, and I think that, <clears throat> yeah, I think people just gravitate towards franchising because it's like the most known term as opposed to looking at, well, how else could I get the kind of outcome that I'm looking for? 
it's also very predictable, right? You can see successful McDonald's or successful franchises and you go, I can see how this work where like going into business with no guaranteed outcome or what it looks like can be much more scary. It doesn't help that every business book talks about like when you go and process something, do it like a franchise. <laughs> and I'm like, stop promoting this. Damn it, Gerber. Stop putting that Emuth book <laughs> You're out. exactly where I was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap it up, Charlie. This is this was awesome. All right, if you're listening to this and you're like, I've got a question for you, Grant Charlie. I would love to hear it. But in order to submit it, you have to be on the newsletter. So head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email and just reply. Just reply. Ask the question. We'll pick it up. We'll throw it in one of these episodes. Just want to say thank you for joining us. and We'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing.